Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Intimate objects like this podium. I can love it all I want. But maybe at home you have a favorite rocker. You wouldn't go to your rocker when you get home and say this. Oh, my favorite rocker. My wonderful, comfortable rocker. I call upon you today for help and guidance and protection and strength. If you do say those kind of things, there is something wrong mentally with your health. Humans have a tendency to look at non-human things and to sometimes humanize them. What pet owner hasn't talked to their pet, maybe revealing things they'd never tell another person? There's the history of religions who have as their focus a statue or the trees or nature. Well, you'll hear in Pastor Mark's message today that Christ followers don't worship objects, they worship persons. You'll learn about the person of the Holy Spirit. You'll find out the ways he is a person and how other religions are wrong about him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of John, chapter 14, as he begins his series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Get your Bible. You can turn to John chapter 14. I was reading in the newspaper about everybody's on this fitness deal, as you know. Well, one of the things that we've been challenged with is because we have so much Alzheimer's in our nation that we've never really seen that before. I was reading an article on how we can boost our overall brain health. Anybody out there need to do that? You can't raise your hand for your spouse or whatever, but we need to have healthy brains. And some of the ideas were to eat a brain-healthy diet, stay mentally active. I'll talk about that in a moment. To exercise readily because that gets the blood flowing. To stay social, introduce yourself to new people. Get plenty of sleep and learn to manage stress. Well, one of them that I think is so appropriate is to stay mentally active. How many of you are already addicted to Sudoku? Tell me. There you are. How many do this more than you read your Bible? Let me see your hands. (laughs) Well, you know, this is a great mind teaser, and the object is simply to, uh, in one of those rolls or columns, you got to put one through nine, and it's got to fit just right, and it's a challenge. It's good for your brain. Well, we're going to be challenged, and I want to challenge you for your brain and for your heart. And that's to make sure that this year you're studying God's Word and you spend time meditating on the greatness of God. 
If you'll do that, if you'll read through the Bible or read parts of however you want to do it in your daily devotional time, challenge yourself. Do something fresh. Study all the ladies in the Bible or all the men in the Bible. Just do something fresh. Challenge those brain cells to go somewhere they've never gone before. And as we go through our teaching... You will be challenged, health-wise, heart-wise, about one thing, about the Trinity. And I'm going to challenge you to think about that. That'll beat any Sudoku game ever. As you try to figure out, how can three be one and one be three? We'll come to that later. As you turn to John 14, in our world... What comes to mind when I say the Holy Spirit? Well, in John 14, if you'll skip on down to verse 16, Jesus says this, And I will ask the Father, by the way, we have a picture of the Trinity here, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So in that verse, you see God the Son, God the Spirit, and God the Father. And the Holy Spirit... The original language there is paraclete, which means someone to come alongside to help. Now I want you to think about this. It's a little redundant. Jesus says, I'm going to send you somebody to come alongside you and help you. Now, if I didn't need any help in life, I wouldn't need a helper. If I didn't need any help... I wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. So one of the main reasons the Holy Spirit comes is to be my helper. How many of you, as you do life, think you need a helper? Good. That's why the Holy Spirit came. He came to come alongside us and be my helper. And I need help in a lot of areas, and so do you. So as you read this, I think this is a wonderful thing. Now, this was a promise, obviously, for the 12 disciples. They were shocked that Jesus was leaving. But this is not just a promise for the 12 original disciples. The Holy Spirit wants to do a wonderful work in your life and in my life. He wants to seal us and to teach us and to guide us and to empower us. And he wants to fill our lives with purpose, afresh and anew. Yet, much of the time, the world is clueless about the Holy Spirit. The church, well, we've fallen into a rut where I sometimes don't even think I need any help. But the Holy Spirit is that paraclete who's come alongside. Now, because there's a lot of misunderstandings, let me give you some true and false questions. Just kind of go through these things, and you don't have to answer them out loud. We'll just kind of go through them together. The Holy Spirit is an essence or force that people can use. You can just think for yourself, is that 
true or false. By the way, I'll present some different religious groups that believe that is true. The Holy Spirit was present at the creation of the world. The Holy Spirit was active in all the Old Testament saints. The Holy Spirit is God. In other words, he's deity. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit while living on this earth. True or false? Next. The Holy Spirit has a role in the life of an unbeliever. Maybe you're not even a follower of Christ. You're an unbeliever. Well, does the Holy Spirit have a role in your life? Number seven. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Number eight. There's a major difference between the terms Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. True or false? I'll share with you an interesting fact from a cult that believes the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost are two separate individuals. Number nine. The Holy Spirit guides believers in the will of God. True or false? And number 10, the Holy Spirit still empowers all believers today. True or false? Who is the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you the ABCs of the Holy Spirit. Here's the A. The Holy Spirit is a person. Early in the 4th century, because of false doctrine, the church leaders had to get together to formulate the apostolic doctrines. Well, one of those they worked with, they were countering false teaching about the Holy Spirit. There were groups of people that denied that the Holy Spirit was deity. And really related the Holy Spirit to a force in the world. Because they knew this was wrong and dangerous, and it would leave people with, how can I get more of that force and use it, rather than if the Holy Spirit was a person, how can the Holy Spirit have more of me and me accomplish what he wants? What they came up with was the Nicene Creed of 381. And here it is for you, in case you wonder, these truths that we talk about, they were argued because there was false teaching way back then, of course, even in the early church. Here's what it is. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from all, from true God. Begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him, all things were made. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through 
the prophets. So the early church, way back then, settled for mainline Christianity, the who of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit was not a force, was not an essence, was not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person you can relate to, commune with, and know personally. I can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not a force. It's not a Star Wars deal. May the force be with you. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, inanimate objects like this podium, I can love it all I want, but maybe at home you have a favorite rocker. You wouldn't go to your rocker when you get home and say this, Oh, my favorite rocker. My wonderful, comfortable rocker. I call upon you today for help and guidance and protection and strength. If you do say those kind of things, there is something wrong mentally with your health. (laughs) So we know that we can't talk to a thing, something that doesn't have life in it. You can talk to your plants, and I understand maybe kind words do work to a plants, but give me a break. It's just because you don't have a green thumb or you haven't watered it lately or whatever it dies. But when we speak about a person or a personality, there's three special characteristics that are necessary. So to define a person or a personality, let's go through these three. We see from the Bible these three. Intellect, emotion, and will. So, if you're a person, you have intellect, you have emotion, and you have a will. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to have you turning to quite a few scriptures. I think it's very important that you see from scripture what we're talking about. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit possesses intellect. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Skip on down to verse 11. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God. And the Spirit possesses intellect. Look at this next verse. Romans eight twenty seven, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So, The Holy Spirit has an intellect. He has a mind. He knows the mind of God. Number two, turn to Romans chapter 15. You're right nearby, just a couple books back. The Holy Spirit has emotions or feelings. We'll do more with that when we talk about quenching the Spirit 
grieving the spirit. In Romans 15.30, Paul says this, I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the spirit. There's a positive emotion. To join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, remember that favorite rocker you have at home? If you don't sin in it for two days, when you go finally and sin in it, the rocker doesn't say to you, I've been grieved for two days. (laughs) Sir, that's stupid, but of course it doesn't. But I ask you a question at the start. Do you need help in this life? He said, yes. Well, let me ask you since the beginning of the year. And you don't raise your hand. Have you asked the Holy Spirit for his help? Maybe you did and he told you what to do, but you didn't. See, the Holy Spirit can be grieved by us ignoring him. He's come alongside us, but we just ignore him. Your rocker isn't grieved when you ignore it. But God is. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Sometimes we forget to turn it. Or we can actually grieve him when he says, do this, and we go, I won't do this. I came out of a store the other day, and a lady stopped me. She had looked at me when I was cashing out, kind of like walked away. When I came out, she turned around and she said, are you Pastor Mark? And I said, yes. She says, you're shorter than you are on the screen. (laughs) I said, thank you very much. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I says, well, sure I am. And then I said, she said, she went into some details. She said, I read your book, went through some things and this and that and the other. Well, as I was talking with her at the end of the conversation, I just stopped because the spirit told me to. And I prayed for her right there, right in front of Walgreens. I mean, it wasn't like a crowd around and I didn't get it on my knees, you know, and whatever. But I prayed for her because the spirit said, pray for her right now. Now, if I would have walked away and ignored what the Spirit said to me, what would I have done to the Spirit? Agree the Spirit. So it's that simple. How do I know that? Because I've done it, have you? I just went, well, not, not here. Not her. I don't. And sometimes I do that. So the Holy Spirit has emotion. He's a person. He lives inside you. Third, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The Holy Spirit possesses a will. He's a decider. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines or he wills. 
Whatever spiritual gift you have, you didn't determine that. God did. The Holy Spirit determines our gifts. And so he's a choosing being. So these three attributes are consistent with the definition of a personality. The Holy Spirit is a person. There's more proof as you go through. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit all through with personal pronouns as well. I'll just give you one to turn to. John chapter 15. Turn right there. As you're going to read, the Bible uses these personal pronouns when referring to the Holy Spirit, not it. It's clear proof that the Holy Spirit's a person so we can have a personal relationship with him. John 15, 26. When the counselor comes, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he, he will testify about me. Not it. He. He will testify about me. Here's two more. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Acts 13, 2. When Paul and Barnabas were sent out, notice, while we were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. There's the will of the Spirit. Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So it's very interesting that the calling that you have isn't really your calling. God made that call. Remember, the plans he has for you, God determined. The Spirit does. That's the will of God. Now, think about that and think how important that is, these truths that we know. But sometimes, probably we've all forgotten in the last few months that the Holy Spirit is a person and I can actually grieve him. But I want to give you just three, two cults and one religion, what they believe about the Holy Spirit. This will surprise you. And actually, one I'm going to do a little in depth. I'm not trying to slam. When I get through, I'll make a statement or two. The Jehovah Witnesses, a cult. In their doctrine, the Jehovah Witnesses believe the Holy Spirit is nothing more than a force. So everything we've already said, they don't believe in the Bible. They believe the Holy Spirit is a force. Now what about Mormonism? They also depart from mainstream Christianity, even though they would like us to believe that they are. They're not. Listen to these phrases of the Mormon Church's first article of faith. It reads like this. We believe in God, the Eternal Father, in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're not knowledgeable about the Mormons, and you just look for a doctrine statement, that looks pretty orthodox, doesn't it? I mean, that's pretty much what we believe. However, how they define God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is a mile different than we do. 
Pastor Mark's teaching today introduced you to the person of the Holy Spirit. He talked about the misconceptions people have about the Holy Spirit, as well as what the Bible has to say about this member of the Trinity. You were reminded that the Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus promised would come to help his disciples after Jesus went back to heaven. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. He'll get into the nuts and bolts of the Holy Spirit's purpose in the life of the Christ follower. Pastor Mark will also explain why you should look at the Holy Spirit as a person rather than as some force. You'll find out from the Bible the aspects of the Holy Spirit's personhood. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have-